Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April 9, and our chapter reading for today is 1 Kings chapter 11. Well, downhill we go. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord, Yah, had said to the children of Israel, listen to this, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn your heart away after their gods. Listen to that. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Now, does God know what he's talking about or what? Of course he does. He is God Almighty. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. He is all-powerful. He can do anything. He knows everything. And he made man. He sees the wickedness inside of him. And in spite of all of that, God somehow loves us. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, shaking our fist in the face of God, God in his great mercy and love, he reaches out to us, always chasing after us. But Solomon had a great responsibility and he blew it. And the amazing thing is, he kept after Solomon. He stayed after him. He appeared to him not once, but twice. Do you realize how wonderful that is when God gives a personal appearance to a man in the Bible? It doesn't matter who it is. I always thought it was amazing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 how God, in his great mercy, appeared to over 500 at one time. All of those people were not faithful. But the Apostle Paul said that they were seeking after God and they got an appearance from Jesus himself resurrected from the dead. But isn't it amazing? The scripture says he appeared to Peter. He went after Peter after Peter had denied him. And he went to his brother, James, who no doubt thought he was insane at some point because the scripture says that his mother and brethren came to him while he was in the Galilee and they thought that he was beside himself. No doubt James, his brother that was closest to him, who got a personal appearance after the resurrection, obviously that was a time of a great revealing to James. Maybe he had had second thoughts. Maybe he thought, maybe he's who he said he was. Maybe he had seen his mother Mary as John was the one who was to take care of Mary because he was the one that had followed Jesus and James had not. We don't know all the family interrelationships, but we do know that Jesus in his great mercy appeared unto James. And then Paul said, I, as one who persecuted the church of Jesus, he appeared to me in mercy. And uh, last of all, he appeared to me. And so 
Solomon had had God appear to him twice. And it makes mention of that. And when you look down at verse 9, so the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. God thought that was pretty important that he came to him twice. And I've already talked to you in an earlier podcast about that. Now it says that Solomon... Back up in the earlier verses, in verse 2, now Solomon clung to these, that is, he was glued to them. That's what the word is, the word for cleave, it's the word to be glued to something. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. He will be stuck to her as glue. And the scripture says in verse 3 that Solomon has 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Sounds like Adam, doesn't it? Sounds like us, doesn't it? You see, it's amazing how a woman can turn a man's heart because there is something within a man that wants to please that woman so bad that he would move heaven and earth if he could just to please her because we are so insecure in who we are and the leadership role that God's given us that we'll do almost anything to have a woman's approval. And so the scripture says that his heart was turned when Solomon was old You see, he started well, but he didn't finish well. You mean a man can go astray in his older years? Of course he can. The Bible is replete with instances where that happened. When he was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not whole. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. You say, wait a minute, David murdered a man, David covered it up, David took a man's wife like a little lost sheep, the only one he had, well, look how bad, no, 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 no. God is the one that sees the heart. And God said that what Solomon did was worse than what David did. Why? Because David, when he was confronted, repented of his sin. You see, unless we are really willing to repent of our sins, God will never be able to do in our lives what he wants to do. You see, God will do his part, but we've got to do our part. And when we have fallen, we have to admit it, agree with God. I'm to blame no one else. That's what confession is. It is in the New Testament, the Old Testament, same thing. In the New Testament, it's the word homo logeo. Homo means same. Logeo means to speak or say, to say the same thing, to say the same thing that God does, that it's our fault. Not, Lord, I did that, but... There is no buts here. God, I did that, and no one caused me to do that. It was not the woman you gave me. It was not my brother, not my sister. Lord, it is, I'm the one. It is all my fault. Solomon never got to that point. Always blaming someone else. And his heart turned. You see, if you're not willing to confess and admit that you are the problem, you see, a lot of people won't even admit they're part of the problem. It's always somebody else. Well, they made me mad. No, they didn't make you mad. They might have brought out the anger that was in you, but they didn't make you mad. No, you made a choice to get angry and to lose your temper. You made a choice to love another woman or another man. You made a choice, and those choices got you to where you are. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're abused growing up. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to my world. But that doesn't give me the right to turn around and abuse my children or abuse 
someone else or abuse someone else's children. Because someone mistreated me, that doesn't give me the right to mistreat anyone else. No, that's a choice I make. And we're living in this victim society and culture in America that lends itself to an entitlement culture that says, well, I am what I am because of the actions of others. No, listen to me, friend. Sometimes people do things to us that we cannot control. And there's a lot of things that happen to us in life that we can't control, but we can, by God's grace, control how we respond to it and how we respond to people. No, I am what I am by the choices that I make and because of the choices I make. And Solomon never did realize that. David did. When Nathan said, you are the man, David repented in sackcloth and ashes. Did he have consequences? You better believe it. Did it cost him? You better believe it. And it cost him his own child's life. It caused him great grief and sorrow. When you read Psalm 51, the confession of sin, and when you read Psalm 32, the praise for cleansing afterwards, Those are companion psalms. One is a prayer of confession when David had committed his great sin of adultery and murder and covering it all up and causing Israel great problems as the leader of the nation. He confessed that to God. That's Psalm 51. But in Psalm 32, you have the praise, the aftermath of that. See, the psalms are not sequential. They're not chronologically in line. Psalm 32 is a praise for cleansing after what happened in Psalm 51. And you'll see there, he said, when I kept quiet, he knew what he had done. But when Nathan confronted him, he really saw it for what it was. And the Spirit of God convicted his heart and he repented. But he said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old inside of me. I started getting old. You see, stress and guilt and shame will kill you. It'll take you to an early grave. And that's why if I'm talking to someone right now and they're listening, if God has convicted you and God's convinced you of something, turn to him and confess while there is opportunity to do so and ask God to forgive you and cleanse you. It's not someone else's fault. It's yours. It's mine. And we have to own up to it. Solomon's heart was not loyal toward God. He didn't want to listen to God. And it wasn't like his father, David, tender. Now, David was a man of blood. He is a warrior in every sense of the word. He was tough to the core, and he would kill you. And he was capable of doing that, a mighty warrior. But he was tender at heart. He was merciful. He was full of hesed. Why? Because he had experienced the hesed of God. He wrote about it. He sang about it. For Solomon went after these gods of Ashtaroth, the Sidonians, Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place, a worship center for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. I was just there last week, and I was pointing out while we were at Ir David, the city of David, Mount Zion, we looked across the Kidron Valley, and there's an Arab village there, predominantly Arab village today, called Silwan. And it's the southernmost tip of the Mount of Olives. And on top of that hill is where this hill of corruption was, where he built these gods. It's almost parallel with the worship center. And God didn't like it. Let me tell you, God has the final say. God has the final say. And people often will say, you know, well, this happened, this, that's just the way it is. No, no, that's not the way it is. You see, if God doesn't like something, you're not going to like it as his child because you're not going to like the consequences of talking with God and trying to walk with God when you're walking an opposite way. 
Then Solomon built this place for Chemos, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that's east of Jerusalem. And for Molech did he likewise for all of his foreign wives. Molech, Molech? That is Chemosh Molech. That was the one that where you offered your children. Manasseh later on, Hezekiah's son, offered his children on the altar. He burned his own children. See, this is where Solomon was. It says he burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. He knew better. You see, David's sin, nor his son Solomon's sin, nor our sins. 99% of them are not sins of ignorance. They're sins of knowledge, sinning, knowing full well what we're doing. And God doesn't like it. So God became angry. And notice it's not the generic word for God. It's not Elohim. It's the personal covenant name of God. Verse 9, so Yah, Yahweh, became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned. Guard your heart, for out of the heart are the issues of life. Because God had been gracious and appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this very thing that he should not go after these other gods, but he did not keep the word that the Lord had commanded. You see, God had already warned Solomon. You say, well, how do you know that? Because it just said so. God warned Solomon, you better be careful about these foreign wives. You say, well, how do you know he did that? That's not recorded. Look what it says. And he had commanded him concerning this thing. What thing? They need to watch his heart. That's what he's saying. You see, the Bible is not complete in detail, so we don't know the, everything that God said to Solomon. And so we just get it in bites and incrementally. But we do know that when he appeared unto him, he not only talked to him about several other things that are mentioned, but here he's saying, I talked to Solomon. I commanded him specifically. I warned him about this thing, that his heart could turn toward these women that he was marrying, that he was violating. I knew the tendencies of his heart, and the Lord had commanded him concerning this thing. What thing? This thing of other gods, about foreign women, about his heart and guarding his heart, that he should not go after other gods. God warned him about that, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded him. So in one of those two meetings, God said to him, you better watch what you're doing. Has God ever warned you? Has God ever said and spoken to your mind and in the deep recesses of your heart, you better watch this. You be careful here. You know it and I know it in our hearts when God is saying something to us. And when God says it, we better watch it because God knows us. He knows our bent. He knows our weaknesses. And let me tell you who else has observed us enough to where they don't know like God does, but the demons of hell and Satan himself knows the nature of man, the sinful nature of man. I mean, if secular psychologists can observe behavior to the point where they can predict the human nature, don't you think the God of all eternity knows who made us? And don't you think that the arch enemy of our souls has observed us long enough after several thousand years that he knows I've seen Tony's kind before, I've seen John's kind before, I've seen Mary's kind before, and here is where this leads. And God warns us, and God comes to us as his children and says, you better watch that. Not just in the word, but in our spirit, God will say, he will give us a check in our spirit, you better watch that, because God knows our weaknesses. And he came to Solomon and said, you better watch this. But Solomon didn't listen. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, this is what it says. Verse 10, verse 11. 
Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I commanded to you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. The servant's name was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And in the next podcast, even though it is on chapter 12, we're going to begin in chapter 11 and verse 26 with the rise of Jeroboam. You see, Solomon had an opportunity to be the greatest man in world history other than the Lord Jesus. He had it laid out on a silver platter, but he wouldn't listen to God. Friend, hear me. This is not an ordinary podcast. God is speaking to some of your hearts right now. Listen to me. Hear him. Listen. He knows you. He's speaking to you. It's in your mind right now what he's already warned you about. Turn to him with everything that's within you. Right now, say, God, I hear your voice and I'm heeding it. I don't want to be like Solomon because you wrote this so that I would turn. Lord, I'm turning to you with all my heart. Forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, and lead me in the way everlasting as I walk on the way with you. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.